Hello, this is Jenny Nichols, and this is Local Share Green Action, a podcast where people share their stories about meaningful, planet-friendly work in their local communities. They share their paths of green action and the ways they have applied their own talents, interests, and all types of green projects, jobs, businesses, volunteering, and careers. Today on our podcast, I'm speaking with a wildlife biologist who's also a digital artist and photographer. I'm speaking with Katie Schneider, who's a wildlife conservation biologist and educator for Boulder County Parks and Open Space, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and Blue Turtle Sustainable. In her free time, she runs her own business as a digital artist and photographer for environmental organizations and earth-conscious businesses. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I'm so excited to speak with you and find out more about your path of green action that led to your work as a wildlife biologist and as an artist. So what planted the seeds for you to want to take um, some kind of action with studying wildlife biology? Yeah, I think it was really clear at a really young age that I was going to be a scientist of some kind stuff. Um, But it wasn't until high school that I really discovered wildlife biology. And it was kind of like a, it was kind of pretty... I don't know how to describe it. Like I kind of just opened a big can of worms all of a sudden, like, oh, someone's been writing all those books that I've been reading all these years. But, you know, they really only expose you to a couple careers with wildlife and that's veterinarian or a zookeeper. And I didn't really want either of those. So I was really excited and, and never looked back. Excellent. Excellent. So what kinds of experiences um, have you had that have given you maybe a unique knowledge and perspective that you've brought into your creative work? Yeah, so I got myself involved in any way I could as soon as I could. So I, I volunteered with rehab organizations. I volunteered in Thailand at an elephant res- uh, rescue center. And I moved around a lot. And so I think I saw a lot of different conservation issues happening in my own backyard. And that Really, uh, I think people think you have to travel a lot to go rescue wildlife or to shoot wildlife for photography. Um, and I realized all these issues happening right around me and it really made me want to get involved in my local community and, and do what I can to help the species that are native to my area too. Yeah, because you live in the Colorado area, correct? Yeah, I lived in Colorado and California and Wisconsin and Nevada. I've lived all over. So I've seen all the ecosystems that the states have to offer. Neat. Neat. So what is your, or actually, how is it working as a full-time biologist while also doing your artwork? Are you able to kind of keep balance and one complements the other? Yeah, it's, it's pretty hard. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, I graduated in May. So this has kind of been my first summer really working full-time um, and having the business on the side. Um, I work Monday through Thursday. So Fridays and the weekends kind of end up being uh, my business time to kind of draw and create and and get all my business stuff in a row but it is hard you know working and you know doing school from home during the pandemic it was really easy to be on top of social media and do all these things kind of in between classes and and now I'm hiking 10 miles a day in remote locations and can't really post on social media and stuff like that anymore so I think that's taken the biggest hit but I've been doing a lot of graphic design stuff on the side for for a couple other clients and a lot of behind the signs behind the scenes things that I think isn't super visual but yeah it's been it's been an interesting balance to try and to try and find. So what is your position like um, with the university like do you choose um, your own projects or 
are maybe studies and initiatives set by other organizations working in connection with the university? How does that work? I have nothing but amazing things to say about my university and the program that I did. I went to Colorado State University. My degree is Fish, Wildlife, and Conservation Biology. Um, I had the most amazing professors I think I could have hoped for. Very personal friends with a lot of them to this day. I studied abroad and that helped a lot. But yeah, just an incredible program. And I think they're really uh, on the cutting edge of where wildlife conservation is going as far as kind of this holistic approach to conservation and saving all of the parts and working with local communities and that human dimension aspect that I think wasn't really integrated until recently. So yeah, I have, I have nothing but good things to say. Every project we ever did was completely up to us and what we were interested in and, and they wanted nothing but the best for us. So nice. So are you working for them now or with them in the studies that you're doing? So I did work with them when I was in school. I worked in a lab working um, with tamarisk leaf beetles, and that's a biological control agent for tamarisk, which is an invasive plant um, throughout the West. And I also worked at their emergency room, their veterinary emergency room. Um, and that was pretty interesting. But yeah, right now I'm working just with the Boulder County Parks and Open Space and U.S. Special Wildlife Service. Gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> so looking over your website, I was intrigued and wanted to ask you more about ethically and reliably incorporating Indigenous ecological knowledge into wildlife conservation. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, I think CSU is really up and open about what's what's really going on in wildlife conservation with the human dimensions aspect. So that's everything from ocean acidification to, to racism. And one of the things that they really emphasized is that CSU is a land trust school. In every syllabus, they had to recognize that we are on stolen land from, from the people who used to live here. And in a lot of classes, they really talked about this, this idea of indigenous ecological knowledge. And that's this information that they've been passing down for the hundreds and hundreds of years that these communities have lived here. And much of that has been lost to, to massacre and colonization, to be completely honest. And colonizers, I think, were credited with these discoveries um, of species and places that these groups had hundreds of years of experience with. Um, and that's something that we have yet to properly correct. And I think um, recognize in most public education. Um, but the fact of the matter is that all of the rest of the world's biodiversity strongholds um, are standing because of the indigenous stewardship of the people that live there. So by incorporating that knowledge and that stewardship idea into the way the government runs most of our public land and open spaces, I think we would do a lot better by, by the land, by the wild, by the animals, and by the people who really deserve credit for, for proper main, uh, management of the land. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Do you have a favorite area of study that you feel most passionate, passionately about? And um, can you share that? Yeah, it's pretty hard. I love everything. <laughs> but I think a lot of my work does go back to the oceans. Um, I work with a sea turtle bycatch company, um, and we're working with an uh, artisanal fishermen um, down in Mexico and Baja to kind of tweak the way that they fish in order to reduce sea turtle bycatch. And when they do, you know, bycatch a turtle, uh, we've taught him how to properly take data on them to release them safely and to release them healthily back into the ocean. Orcas are another big thing I really want to get into and ocean acidification. And there's just so many ways that I think people can get involved in, in ocean conservation. It's really important for the survival of humans and the rest of the species on the planet. So yeah. What, what is an artisanal um, 
fishermen. Yeah, so artisanal fishermen are like really small scale fishermen. So most of the seafood that you're going to see at the grocery store is all industrially fished overseas. Um, And these guys literally go out um, every single day on these tiny little ponga boats um, and have been doing this generationally in their families for um, for a really long time. And, you know, they've been able to, again, pass down that knowledge of this is the fish we used to fish and now the fish isn't here anymore. The fish are getting smaller um, and this is how we do things. And they've really taken their own steps to try and be more sustainable because that means that, you know, their grandkids and their grandkids' grandkids can keep fishing like their family has been for so long. And um, and yeah, they're really doing their part to to try and sustain the ocean that sustains them. Yeah, I would imagine they're kind of like the uh, front line they see. Yeah. They see the ramifications of what we've done probably before anybody. Yeah, they see they see all the changes and it's and it's sad, but it's also hopeful that they really want to take the steps nice. to to get better and compete with those big guys. And we're trying to do everything we can to kind of create that market for sustainable seafood in Baja to to give them all the business they can. Nice. What are some of the challenges that you faced working as a biologist and how have you overcome them? biggest thing that all biologists and and everyone in this field is really facing is is wages. Um, A lot of the entry-level positions are unpaid and and 40 hours a week. So it's either, you know, you you take out a loan to live and you get the experience or or you can't get into it. You have to find it in another way. That's such a barrier to conservation. Um, And the people that can afford to do that, um, I think think things are changing. I hope. Um, but it's still really prevalent and as saturated as this field really is, there's always going to be someone out there that can make that work, um, you know, however they can. And, and I think we really need to enforce that doing what we do, um, you know, being on the front lines of that work, hiking miles a day, sometimes hazardous conditions, uh, you know, everyone deserves to be paid yeah. fairly, um, even though it's for a good cause. Yeah, definitely. Um, So what are some of the ways that you and others are enjoying the rewards of your work? Yeah, so me and my team has been working a lot um, on native plant restoration and controlling invasive species on our open spaces and being able to see kind of year over year how these ecosystems are being revived is really, really incredible. Budding out these monocultures of invasive species and seeing all these native pollinators come out. Um, The wildflower season this year was insane. So beautiful and seeing everyone hiking around and kind of getting back out again and enjoying their open spaces is, is super rewarding to see. And I think a lot of the people that have been here hiking their favorite trails for a long time, even come up to us and are just like, wow, this looks amazing. You know, thank you for what you do. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. So if your ideas and your wisdom experience were all wrapped up in seeds of potential action for you to give to others, what advice would you give to someone who might be considering um, getting into wildlife biology? Yeah, I think I think a big barrier I think people see when they want to be a scientist or they want to be involved in conservation, honestly, I hear is math. Like, oh, I'm not good at math and science. Um, and honestly, conservation needs so much more than just scientists. If you love scientists, that's absolutely great. I encourage anyone to be a scientist. Um, but conservation also needs marketers and they need business people. They need accountants. They need anyone with something passionate about what they do um, it all goes in into conservation efforts. And so no matter what you enjoy, you can apply that to conservation. And there's always ways to get involved, no matter 
if it's maybe it's not your full-time job, but if you still want to help restore ecosystems on the weekend, there's absolutely programs for that too. So don't feel like you you can't be in conservation just because you're not a scientist. Nice, nice. And if um, if you were going to give somebody pointers, maybe where to seek volunteer positions, where what direction would you point them? Yeah, it kind of depends on where you are. Um, on the coast, there's just just a ton. You can you can find a bunch on Google. In this in this area, in the Front Range in Colorado, Wildland Restoration Volunteers is an incredible organization. Um, if you are into photography and you want to apply that to conservation, I, I recommend checking out Impact, the conservation photography podcast with Jamie Heimbach. She really got me involved in conservation photography and, and transformed the way that I use my camera. And yeah, yeah, just city programs, county programs, state park. Talk to the rangers if you're out. Um, they always have opportunities as well. And the universities usually also have opportunities too. So as we wrap up, you already shared one of them, but what resource would you like to recommend? Maybe book, website, uh, video, or podcast that has been particularly helpful or inspiring to you? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, Jamie's podcast has been amazing. The Ologies podcast is another favorite of mine too. Books, I would recommend Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Um, also gets into kind of indigenous ecological knowledge nice. and and just that kind of way of looking about the land. And it's really an incredible book. Yeah, there, there's a lot to recommend, but <laughs> we'll start with those ones. It's really hard to I have a lot of books. It's hard to narrow it down. <laughs> hard to narrow it down. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And um, is there anything else that you'd like to share before, before we... Um, close today yeah um if anyone listening to this uh is involved in conservation you are an undergrad i am holding my first annual conservation representation scholarship you can find the details through my website at uh, the understory studio doc um and it's meant to kind of boost that kind of diversity in this field and and help with school a little bit now that i don't have to worry about tuition so excellent excellent what a lovely opportunity you're offering that's great. Thank you again, and uh, really appreciate it, and best of everything to you as you continue your studies. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us for Local Share Green Action. Until next time, let's all use our unique talents and abilities and take meaningful green local action that benefits the planet and people.